This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of Sam's picks. And Sam, I think you probably need to defend yourself, but I think more than anything, you need to explain yourself. I'll explain myself. Okay. So this week we're doing Shredder and Hell. It's uh, kind of a one-off little story. And I picked it because I know, Jamie, you haven't read it yet, or I didn't think you would read it yet when I put it on the list. And I just love the Turtles. And I don't know Josh doesn't read anything to do with the Turtles at all. So this is the only way I, get, I can force him <laughs> to have any action with the Turtles. And that's really why I went through. Like, I want to pick something that's like kind of a standalone volume, one and done, that I can put on the show. But then when I put it on the show, and i got to think about it. Like, I've read this thing two or three times now. i got to think about it. Like, well, there's so much that's happened before build up to this i'm kind of throwing josh into the the dark in the middle of this he has no idea what none of this is what's going on and i, I got to think about it, like it's gonna be good for me and jamie it's really gonna be bad for josh and then the guy that actually does this i love his art i love his storytelling i love the way the guy does everything for the turtles and that was another deciding factor why i put this one on the show yeah, santa really, luca's great santa, santa luca's gotta be my favorite turtle guy but man, this is the deepest of the deep ends to toss Josh into. I know, and, and there's, I, and I got thinking about it a couple of days ago. I was like, man, there's, because when I was rereading it again, it's like, there's so much going on in this that he will have no clue who are, who these people are, or anything. And, <laughs> you know, I, and I was like, it, it's still a good story. It's a good standalone story. But if you don't know nothing about turtles, like like Josh, he don't he don't know much about the the story, the background, what's going on in their timeline. So this this really is not a good pick for that reason all right josh on a scale of one to ten being one being i know what exactly what's happening and ten being i'm lost in the woods you know in the forest how lost were you it bounced between probably a six and an eight yeah that's why <laughs> give or take up. i never really knew what was going on i had ideas i had theories but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I was lost a lot yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and no, that, that's that's understandable. And okay. and I've done it to you. That's that's my fault. Yeah, I fi- I finished the first issue. I just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. We got a whole show to talk about stuff. So, <laughs> All right. well, let's let's start talking about doing the the live action Batman grades. And this is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live action. And for best or worst, that scale is Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. Uh, Josh, <laughs> how pull long the curtain, did you go? Pull the curtain back. What's your what's your actual grade? All right, I'm probably going to get some looks, but I I dropped all the way below the bottom half of the scale. We're in west. So I, I figured as much. I, I can appreciate did. that it was a good story, but to me, I've never I watched the first Fast and the Furious movie. I felt like I jumped to the seventh one in the line. I don't know who these characters really are. I don't know what's going on. There's a whole bunch of backstory. None of that. All that went over my head. I had no no idea about yeah. that stuff. But as far as the story, I mean, it, if you've read Turtle comics and and you're into that, I feel like this would probably be really enjoyable. If you've got a friend, you want to get them started in some turtle comics, don't hand them this one. Yeah, this is not the one to start so that's From somebody that's not in that world and doesn't read this stuff, I completely was lost. Uh, not not for me, but uh, like I said, I, I can appreciate that it was a good story and stuff. I can. That's why I gave it. I still gave it a waste. I mean, I, it was 
entertaining, but uh, no context to any of the stuff that was happening. See, I'm if if you hadn't read the secret history of the Foot Clan though, you'd have been even more lost. Yeah, yeah, that's been what a year ago. Yeah, that's the. I've now read two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. A year apart. <laughs> no, there were th- three we didn't see the at war, too. Yeah, we didn't see the war. But there, oh, but yeah, that's right. That's right. But there's, the, but there's no mystical stuff. In right. Yes, the mystical stuff. And so Secret History really sets you up a, a little bit to be prepared. Like, hey, this it, this could get weird. So Yeah. Um, I'm up next, and I went higher than Josh, but not, like, insanely higher than Josh. Uh, I'm giving it to Keaton. Um, this story does not stand alone at all. No, it uh, doesn't. Not even a little bit. And it is one of the flaws of the IDW series. The mini series really, really matter. Um, I mean, there's things like if you ever read the Casey and April mini series, there's things you don't get. If you ever read Secret History, there's things you're not going to get. Um, if you haven't read the TMT Universe, the, and that's five books of that. If you haven't read yeah. that stuff, there's stuff you're going to miss. Um, so it doesn't stand alone at all. The art is, but the art itself is stunning, and it's worth the time and the price. Um, just you know, uh, just Mateo Santaluco being given permission to go crazy for you know 120 pages or whatever. I'm in. I'll look at it. Yeah. But there are not just not being standalone. I, I just think this the story is a little hard to follow. And um, we, oh, we'll there's a pyramid for that. We'll get into that later. Uh, Sam, how high did you go? Well, you know, I love everything turtles. Um, I want to set y'all up for this. It's Oh, no, no, okay, whatever. I give it an athlete. <laughs> I do love the Turtles. I love the story, and I've read pretty much everything with the Turtles universe, so I know everything's going on, and a lot of it's because I love this guy's art and storytelling. Yeah. But, like I said, after I, after I, I put it on the list, I realized what I've done to Josh. <laughs> I, I was expecting his grade to be worse. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, the, the, like you said, Jamie, the art really saved a lot of it, and like I said, I, I can appreciate the story, uh, where they were going with it, even though I didn't necessarily know the setup. <laughs> so I've read nearly, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm a few months behind on the release schedule for the new stuff. Other than that, I've read everything in the mm-hmm. IDW run. I still found this a little hard to follow. And I, I still have questions about like, okay, hold on. I mean, there were still several moments like that. So it's it's not just that you came in out of the cold on this one. I just think that, you know, there was there was some storytelling. Was some definitely like you know plot wise, there were there were some issues. We'll, but, we'll cover it in the story. But uh, listeners, we're getting we're, we're getting ready to we'll be hitting the spoiler section soon. But I w- I definitely would say it's it's worth it just to be able to look at Santa Luco's art. So if you've got a Comicsology Unlimited uh, subscription, I would I would grab it just to look at it. Um, it's beautiful to look at. Uh, and so let's, let's give the man the credit. So the creator credits uh, for this one are Story and Art by Mateus Santaluco, Color Assists by Marcello Costa and Davi Khalil, Letters and Design by Sean Lee. And this is the part of the show that is safe from all that spoiler radiation. After you hear the spoiler klaxon, it is full spoilers ahead. Venture on at your own risk. It's time for the bite size breakdown. All right, Josh, you get the first issue. Good luck. All right. So, issue one opens with Splinter killing Shredder in a flashback. 
Shredder then wakes up in a dream forest and loses a fight to Takeshi Tetsuo, who throws him in a lake. Yoshi saves Shredder, who I will now refer to as Saki for the rest of the show, uh, <laughs> saves him from drowning and explains that Saki must decide to either let go of himself so he can be free of the dragon god or continue to be controlled. Saki says he can't choose because he's promised to find Kitsune. So he leaves the forest and finds himself in hell, where he's confronted by all of his past enemies, including the turtles. Okay, chapter two. And I will not be using their names. I'm going with the titles. Shredder and the Turtles fight. Splinter jumps in. But then every person that the Shredder has ever killed or fought shows up. They're overwhelming the Shredder until he unleashes the power of the Dragon Warrior. Then un- then the undead gloop together into Master Masato. Uh, Shredder kills him. And then he gloops into Shredder's dad. Then Splinter jumps into into him and he gloops apart back into the, all the other guys again. He beats them all up and then Shredder runs into a kid demon who leads him into a weird cave where he has some weird flashbacks. The issue ends as Takeshi Tatsuo turns into the Dragon Warrior or something. Or something. <laughs> Alright, so issue three. Shredder's talking to the little demon kid when his father and the rest of the undead surround Shredder. He lowers his head and accepts defeat saying he brought all this on himself, and his destiny never was his to decide. Then a big roar and echo uh, through all the... Uh, and then all the day had turned to liquid and formed this big tentacle monster. Shredder lets it take him until he sees that it has hurt Splinter. He gets mad and goes all glowy eyes and vaporizes the monster. He checks on uh, Splinter, and as he holds him, he uh, vanishes... Uh, Takahashi shows up with his demon army, and a big battle takes place, and uh, Takahashi wins and holds Shredder up by the throat and tells him he will join the dragon. Okay, so issue four. Takeshi has defeated Saki and takes him back to the dragon temple. Yoshi got a second chance and shows up to help Saki at the temple. Yoshi starts battling Takeshi and tells Saki to escape. Takeshi is defeated, and Yoshi takes Saki back to the Dream Forest, where he reveals that he and Tang Shin can no longer reach for Nirvana and will be reincarnated again. And then they disappear into the Tree of Life. The goddess inside of the Tree of Life comes out and gives Saki the backstory about her and her brother, the Dragon God. She explains that she trapped the Dragon God in a single mortal soul that keeps being reincarnated, and that's who Takeshi and Saki are. And it's time for Saki to decide his fate. So Saki pulls the dragon from his soul, I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a lot of or some things or I thinks um, that I took out of my notes. I left a few in. Um, so, issue five. Uh, I did my best. So Shredder battles the dragon god in hell while Kitsune battles against her own heart back in the real world. Maybe. Uh, Shredder turns into a giant man dragon warrior thing and fights the dragon god samurai thing. Then the dragon god's sister shows up and they philosophize at each other for a while. Kitsune kills Aka for some reason instead of sacrificing something of her own, which I'm not sure it was supposed to be. Then Shredder realizes that he can't beat the dragon god. So he and Splinter come up with another plan and he allows the dragon god to take over his body. Um, I don't know what the plan was and I don't know how he did that. The end. (laughs) <laughs> bingo bingo 
Yeah, we're going to have some stuff to talk about. Um, but now it's time for the graphically novel pyramid, the part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book has to nail to be a good book. And the first of these is story. <laughs> Josh got stuck with story. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Perfection. All right, Josh. <laughs> what do you got, bro? What were your thoughts? <laughs> I didn't take a lot of notes because I didn't even know what <laughs> questions to ask. Because I don't know what's going over my head that I should know from earlier books or what just doesn't make sense in this story. So I don't even know what are the good questions to ask. Uh, but, you know, I like the concept. I like Shredder going to hell and having to fight his duality and seeing kind of why he is the way he is. Uh, but, man, that ending. No idea what happened. Is Shredder a good guy now? I mean, is Aruki Saki... Is it the dragon in charge, or did Saki take back over? Is Shredder going to be a good guy? Like I, that whole ending, I don't know if it relates to the first part of the book. I felt like it was a redemption story we were reading, but then at the end, Shredder just comes back. He's all on fire, and it looks like he's the villain again. Like, what? Well, I don't even know the point of this story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything changed or happened. It's still Shredder's still a bad guy, right? Uh, okay, so Sam, have you read volume twenty-three? The IDW series? I'm there. I'm, I'm working on it right now. Okay. Uh, okay, if you had read it, I would I would talk about it, but no way, I'm I don't going care. to read it. Okay. No well, uh, he has, um, before he dies, because um, Splinter kills him, um, mm-hmm. he sort of has this sort of one of those deathbed repentance things going on. And that's why he's so different in this story. And that's what that flashback was on the first page or two. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in issue 100, which is like quadruple size, it was gigantic. Um, he comes back as the Dragon God, which is kind of confusing because I hadn't read Shredder in Hell yet. Um, but he comes back as the, the Dragon Warrior guy, and he's bad again, but he's weird and stuff goes down. And so this this happened in between that. And so he, he was sort of, you know, turning his back on, you know, being evil when he died. And so why he would choose to become the dragon god again. And I, I don't I don't know how that makes sense with how with how issue one hundred goes. And so I wish Sam, I wish you had gone that far so we could you could help me make sense of it. Because now see before I read this book, I thought I understood issue one hundred. Now I've read this mini series. I'm not sure I understand this series or issue one hundred now. <laughs> <laughs> so so for backfiller Josh, in the Tory uh, the the Turtles universe or storyline there's a group of immortals that Kitsune, uh, the Rat King, the Toad, uh, the Mammoth Guy. Who else? There's another one, right? There's the the the, uh, the Leopard the, Lady. The Leopard Lady, and then the one that uh, Kitsune killed Aka. her sister, Aka. So th- those are the immortals, and they kind of pulling the strings of the whole storyline. And, and those are creations the of the goddess lady the dreamer lady in no, the tree that, and the, the dragon kid the no the dragon the god dragon is god. is their father okay. so and, and what and, and what the whole deal is i think about this one is that kitsune wanted to bring the dragon god back that's what the the story had been for a long time that she's working towards bringing him back and all the other yeah. immortals didn't like it all the way back to secret history of the foot queen that's what all she's it, been about that's what she's been about and that's what she just did with Schrader. But then what I liked about this story is you got to see Shredder's side of it, what was going on. 
I liked how they developed Schrader. Like they, they showed his, like you said, duality of it. There was a lot went on in the last issue that I still don't understand. I don't, I don't get the big fight scene, all that stuff, and them merging together. Yeah. But but as a whole, in this story, I thought it filled in the gaps of some of the stuff that was going on with his past. Uh, what was going on with him and Splinter Yoshi? Their their friendship and how Splinter never wanted to give up on him. There was a lot going on in that in this story that I, I really enjoyed. I didn't, I didn't feel that lost in it. To, yeah, I know Jamie's the, talking about it. Well, yeah, the the end, because the whole thing is we learned that Oruku Saki and Takeshi Tatsuo both are the dragon god incarnated. They, yep. His sister trapped the dragon god in a soul, and it keeps being reincarnated, and that's who they are. That's and the whole thing is Saki's deciding to release himself from that destiny. He's trying to make a destiny to be the dragon god. And the whole thing is you have to decide, is that who you want to be? Or do you want to shun that part of your nature and free yourself? And he says, okay, the nightmare's over. I'm going to take care of it. No more dragon. And he pulls that little orb out of his chest. And then like four pages later, he becomes the dragon god. He takes up that body Kitsune made him and he's the bad guy again. Yeah. So I feel like the whole story was pointless. Well, I read a hundred pages that it just turns out Shredder's still going to be the dragon guy and he's still the bad guy. Like it, it. Well, I felt like the, the problem I had with it um, story-wise is it felt like um, we were, we had sort of wandered into somebody else's dream. Cause I felt like a lot of this was just dream logic. Yeah. Like, so they would fight bad guys and they would like gloop together in this big monster and they would gloop back apart and it was just random. And, and the turtles, why are they even there? They're not dead. No. <laughs> they shouldn't be in hell. I mean, I, I it, was, it was cool imagery. Yeah, it's cool imagery. They don't belong there. And, like, you know, the whole thing about, well, t- you know, Orokosaki is Tats- Takeshi Tetsuo until he decides not to be. Now there's two of them. Like, mm-hmm. Well, so is it one reincarnated soul or is it two? Like, how does this work? I mean, there's a lot of things that are just sort of like, yeah. you know, dream. it's dream logic. Right. And, yeah, I think it is. A, I think it is. Some of it was a dream. That's like he said. He, wanted, always, he was the dreamer. He wanted to go back to the dream. Yeah, but so that, there's that's, a, that's but, a lot of it. But he left that. Yeah. And went into hell and we didn't leave dream logic. If we were yeah. if that was all happening in the dream forest, I'd have rolled with it. But like once we get into hell, it's supposed to not be dream logic anymore. It's supposed to be a real quest he's on. Right. Except that was, we're that still, was my yeah. it, it's called Shredder in Hell. I didn't know that he was actually in hell because like you said, he's in a dream, he's in some kind of dream world, then the dragon gods there and other people are showing up and stuff. I mean, I don't know that I would call that quote unquote hell. I mean, that's the afterlife or, or something, but I don't well, I mean, he's interacting with kid demons who take people to the right place in hell. Uh, yeah, and so it I sounds guess. like hell to me. Uh, yeah. uh, he went there a weird way. He stopped in a dream paradise by the tree of life. I don't. <laughs> he took yeah, a weird route. Yeah, I don't know. And then he, has, but he, know. but he rejected the dream and left and went to hell. And so it's like, okay. Yeah. Man, one, and it made it seem like he was doing that for Kitsune. He was. Yeah. Now that that was one of the things I think that did work pretty well. Um, it still doesn't make sense, like why they're two different people and one soul and divided in hell or whatever, but. To, to explain why things are suddenly different between how she interacted with Takeshi Tetsuo and how she interacts now with Oroku Saki is because Takeshi was just a tool for her. Well, she developed an actual love for Oroku Saki. And so that explains why there's a difference now, why she's struggling to put the plan together and put it into place and why Shredder's making some of the decisions he's making. Because he should have stayed in the dream. He had repented. He had changed. He had turned his back. But he couldn't let go of Kitsune, which they should have unpacked that a little bit more. But he turned yeah. away from that because of Kitsune, and so they didn't they didn't play that as much as they should have. But it made that that part I felt like was a good addition. It made it helped explain some things. 
Yeah. The rest of it, I had trouble following them. Because even in the beginning of this story, they he even says that he made a promise to her that he would find his way back to her. And I think that's probably one of the reasons he chose, I guess he realized he wasn't going to be able to escape unless he joined with the dragon. I, I don't know. Which, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know how these stories go. He didn't win fish in, in, in Turtles 100. He was defeated. But... So maybe you could say like you know, but the plan was is if he became the Dragon God now, he knew that he knew he knew he understood that the Dragon God was evil, and if he merged with the Dragon God, went back, and that he would that he would be defeated. But like, yeah. I mean, what's the guarantee that this Dragon God being that he can't defeat is going to get you know taken down by four mutant turtles? I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a great plan. <laughs> it's all they had. They but it, it seems, together, to, like but it seems to be the plan, you know. But I'm like, yeah. but it wasn't fleshed out very well. We kind of, I'm kind of having to put two and two together. And remember what I read from the last, from volume twenty three, and I don't know. Yeah. Too much dream logic. Sorry, guys. I wonder if this is Santa Luco's first writing, rather than just doing the art. It could be. Could it could be a part of it? Um, because I mean, the dialogue is fine. I thought the dialogue was was pretty good, but like the the plot was just was a little tough to follow. And so, and just didn't explain things that needed explaining. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I still gave it a you know good grade, but I, I thought that was the weakest corner of the yeah. pier. Yeah, so I like the concept. I like the idea of delving into it and finding out some of the backstory. I know we had the secret history of the Foot Clan, but it was kind of cool to to see specifically Shredder what he's been up to here lately. Uh, so I like the idea of getting into that a little bit, but yeah, I don't know that it was executed <laughs> very well. That story got it got out of sorts. We've, we've, yeah, we've had that before. We've you know, had great, you know, a great premise that wasn't executed very well. Um, I mean, Blackout's probably the most famous one among the three of us. I mean, that should have been yeah. an amazing story. Now, this wasn't a failure of execution to that level, but it, it that that certainly is the weak point. Yeah, uh, it lost it lost some traction. All right, uh, the next uh, segment of the pyramid is art, and uh, I'm glad I got that one. Um, <laughs> I got no complaints here. All my all my complaints are already done. Um, my first note is simply Mateus Santaluco is the man. Um, I, I anything he draws, I want I want to look at. Um, maybe maybe more. Maybe he's the opposite of Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire should write more and draw less, and Santa Luco should draw more and write less. Write less, yeah. <laughs> um, he's just, just a fantastic artist. I mean, even the things that were confusing, like the glo- the gloopy monsters, were glooped together and apart, and like, why is this suddenly a tentacle eyeball thing? I, I didn't get real mad about it because it's so awesome to look at. Like, yeah. I don't know why this is happening, but it looks great. Um, every page was absolutely beautiful, and I'm not mad about this. I'm not mad about, about being confused. Um, I had some moments of frustration with the story. I'm still not mad about it because this book was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I, I think he does really good with – what surprised me, he done good with the tentacle monsters, all, all the, the weird gloopy stuff. He, he killed that. And also he, he kills the fight scenes, the color, all that stuff's amazing. And then also like the undead, the zombie stuff, man. Kill that too. You, you, it's hard to find an artist that can do all three of those really well. And then on top of that, like all the samurai and ninja stuff, the way the, the motions and all, all that stuff was amazing. Like, I think you should do all the turtles. I, I wouldn't be mad at all because this is hands down some of the best art that I've seen. And I absolutely love it all. I have zero complaints. Uh, I don't think you've read any of the Sophie Campbell stuff yet. But no, I haven't. Yeah, She's really good, too. 
I think yeah. Santa, Santa Luca is my favorite turtle artist, but Sophie Campbell's really good. And there's a couple other good ones. Um, but yeah, Santa Luca is the best. Yeah, but he does he does like the background stuff. I mean, just, just literally everything on that page is done so well. It, it's very far and few between for me not to have a complaint in art, and this is one of them. I have zero complaints. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. The uh, the mystical supernatural stuff was yeah. really good. Uh, you know, and, and I thought it was really good because the facial expressions were very expressive. When it comes time to get tight and do the close up one on one hand to hand combat stuff, where it's kind of a tighter focus, was really good. Uh, but then when it comes time to draw that tree and to do these interesting page layouts where they're, you know, that goddess lady's doing her big reveal and she's telling that story and the way the pages broke up into the different panels and all that stuff looks really good too. So it was it was a good mix of, of everything and uh, the color really was phenomenal. You know, when it needed to be dreary and monotone because they're in hell and, you know, and it's like this bleak landscape, that looked really good. Like a totally you know, gave you uh, a feel of hell. I mean, it's it's all yeah. rock and it's dreary and it's drab. And But then when the goddess is talking and you see that tree of life and there's all the purples and blues and all the color and stuff, it was such a contrast. It really made all that stand out. Uh, so it I was good. And I, and I thought the character designs were really good too. The dragon god, I thought he was real interesting to look at. I like Takeshi when, when he came out. I thought he looked cool. Uh, the glute monster, like you said, I don't really know what he was. But it was a cool design. <laughs> it was fun to look at. Uh, so yeah, I, little, I thought little little bit of nightmare fuel there. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it it was all good. Yeah, the art was the high point of this for me. That, that's why it still got a west and not way down lower on the list for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, like you said though, the the facial expressions were so well. Like they conveyed a lot in those. Like when uh, Yoshi was talking to his wife. And uh, like she, she was sad when he walked away. Even you could see the sadness, and uh, even even Shredder when he accepted defeat, just the, the look of defeat he had. I mean, you could see that. And then he he got it. That glute monster was swallowing him in. You you could see he he just surrendered. He was done. And then it turns around. Then he gets mad, and you could just see the mad, the glowy eye, mad stuff. Like yeah. they they really killed it all. Even no. the proportions all the way through. Like I I couldn't even find nothing where I would complain on proportions. It was all consistent. The faces were good. There is one. It's my only nitpick on the art. And it's is an it absolute like- nitpick. No, no, no. There's a couple of times where Santa Luca can't keep track of how big Splinter's supposed to be when he's a rat. When he's a rat, yeah. There's a couple of times that he's a, the biggest rat I've ever seen. There's there's one panel where he looks like he's the same size as my 100-pound Great Pyrenees. <laughs> <laughs> it was disturbing. Yeah. But the other times, he's, he's most of the time he's he's you know small goes on Shredder's shoulder all that kind of jazz. Yeah. There's other times he's a little too big. We got we got some beagle sized you know <laughs> rats. We've got some Pyrenees sized rats. I mean, are you dream logic? Yeah, he's as big as he needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's an absolute nitpick because it still looks good. It's just the proportions are a little yeah. bit off. But it still looks like a cool look. I mean, it's, it looks like a rat. You know, yeah. less uh, less disgusting rats than usually. <laughs> All right, so other than uh, Santa Luca's The Man, any other art comments? Nope. All right, Sam, unpack the characters for us. All right, so I know we really haven't talked about characters that much because there's really not a whole lot of characters here in this story. Uh, I mean, we really got Shredder, uh, Splinter. That's really the main characters. I mean, there's really not a whole bunch more going on other than those two guys, it's, and it's really Shredder's story 
but I do like how it 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 shows Schrader's like you said duality, it, well his struggle, his inner struggle he was having while he was there, and then also it shows uh, Splinter's relationship with Schrader. Hey, he never want to give up on him. They were were friends. They were such good friends. They called each other brothers, and uh, he always wanted to help him. And then they're there, and this re- relationship like renews, and you can see how they're. Shredder even starts caring for Yoshi again. So it, it was a really interesting dynamic they had between the two. And really all I wrote down, all my notes. Yeah. There, I mean, not really a whole much. lot of character stuff. Yeah. But, uh, see, and, and that was one of my gripes. And, and I'm not, I don't, like I said, when I'm not into Turtle World a bunch. But, uh, you know, Shredder's the big bad guy, right? I mean, we, we just take Shredder. He's always trying to kill the turtles. He's trying to take over the world. He's always just trying to wreck everything. Well, Splinter chops him in the belly with a sword, and he's dying, and he says, all right, I'm sorry, I want to change my path, I want to choose a different fate. And now, all of a sudden, he's the good guy. Now we're rooting for him to figure stuff out, we're rooting for him to, you know, get the dragon out of his soul and stuff. I felt like that was a lot to ask in five pages, from Shredder to go to the worst villain in the Turtles world in history, <laughs> to now he's kind of the good guy of the story. I just felt like that was a hard jump to make in just a couple of pages. And I don't you know can, if that's a misset up from earlier issues you, and different storylines, but. Yeah, but it's not, but it's not just you. Cause I mean, like I said, I've read almost everything and this is the first time Santa Luca has written the, not just drawn them, but has written these characters. And some of them feel a little off. It's, it's not just shredder. Mm-hmm. I think Kitsune feels a little off. Mm-hmm. Now she's normally portrayed. Um, he got tank Shin and, you know, splinter down. I mean, those are, those are givens. I mean, I mean, Tang Shin hasn't seen a lot of, you know, panel time. And everybody knows who Splinter is and how he works. But some of them are a little off. Uh, and so, I, and I, I, I would like to have seen them, the the distinctions between Takeshi Tetsuo and Hiroku Saki played out a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. it feels like they were the same dude, just one was more mad than the other was tired of being mad. Yeah. That, but, it was, but there was supposed to be this big distinction. I just didn't feel the distinction the way I was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, uh, it would have worked better if because you saw Kitsune treated Aruku Saki different than she did Takeshi. It would have been better to explore more into that on how she treated him different, their relationship. And while that was driving him to leave the dream world and try to go through hell to get back to her, I think was the meaning of the story. Yep. I think they should have explored that more and, and maybe not quite so much with the dragon being trapped in a soul and stuff, because that got really kind of convoluted at times. But I think if we had kind of a, a character driving point, this is why he's willing to go through all this is to get back to her. Uh, I think they'd focused on that, that the characters would have worked better. And I mean, we had a lot of fight scenes. We could have done with like one or two less fight scenes or shorter fight scenes. and spent more time with Kitsune because reading the rest of the series before this starts, it felt like the relationship was breaking down, not getting tighter. Um, and so it felt like it was going the opposite direction. Like the way, the way <laughs> before issue 100 and before this mini series, it really felt like Kitsune, you know, maybe just dump this dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, does it feel like they should be like more and more madly in love and to sacrifice all of their plans for each other? It feels like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they're going to spend some time in, you know, on judge Judy or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just saying, there, there really wasn't a lot of character stuff. It was mostly just a Rumpu Saki and, and him trying to get back to Kitsune, I think was the point of it. But I think some of the side characters got to do some interesting stuff. 
I thought, I mean, Tang Shen wasn't on a, once again, wasn't on, you know, I didn't have a lot of panel time, probably because she died in ancient feudal Japan. Um, but when, when she was present, she was doing interesting stuff. Um, Kitsune wasn't in the book a lot, but when she was there, she was doing interesting stuff. Same thing with, uh, I would like Takeshi to explain a little better, but that was an interesting dynamic between him and Shredder. I didn't quite understand it, but I mean, so they, what, what few side characters there were, I thought were handled in an interesting way. So I'll, I'll give him credit for that. I think some of this character the development for those two, for Shredder and Splinter, goes all the way back to the secret history of Foot Clan. So if you read both of those volumes, it explains their childhood and what was going on with them there. And I think this is partial continuation of that because it shows them as young boys when this first starts, uh, of the dream of the field and all sort of stuff, uh, of the forest, I mean. And I think that even goes all the way back to the secret history of the Foot Clan. I think that's what he was referencing, some of their relationship before he went crazy and started burning down villages and killing everybody. All right, guys. Give us some awards. Let's do it. All right. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right. These are the things we dig most in Shredder and Hill. Uh, and I'm first on base cover. Um... All right, so for the main cover, I'm going to go with which issue? Issue four, I think. So page 89. This is digital page 89. And that's the Shredder in his traditional sort of Shredder outfit standing, you know, on this rocky outcropping with the dragon god in this like snaky dragon form looming over him. Uh, it just looks awesome. It is really good. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so I had a different one. I went with okay. uh, issue two, page 25. And it just, for me, it set a feeling of the hell he was in. Just all the undead and the people, like, dragging him down. It was, it was just really striking to me. I still can't get over the fact that the turtles are in hell. Like, they're totally not dead. I mean, they're, they're, no, I, I get that. I mean, even <laughs> Kitsune's there. But I, I think some of this was his manifestation too. He yeah. made it up. They they were oh, they came over from the dream part of the yeah. story. I mean, they look cool. I mean, Santa Luca draws a great set of undead turtles. I just, yeah. they're not, you know, they're they're not be, unalive yet. Yeah, they shouldn't be there. <laughs> All right, they pull unalived them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your best cover? Uh, I had a, 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 another different one. Uh, I'm on page uh, four. It's issue one. Yeah, issue one. Yeah. It's Shredder with uh, the tentacles and the skulls and that fiery, there's embers flying around him and stuff. That that looks like Shredder in hell. Like, I, that's what the title alluded to, and that's what I'm seeing, so it all makes sense. Yeah, I, all, all the covers, the main covers are by Santa Lugo, so they're all good. Yeah, they're all the right answer. They're all the yeah. right answer. I love the yeah. tentacle monsters even in that one. Yeah. I mean, look at the detail on the little suckers on the tentacles. That's what I'm saying, I mean, that's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, so uh, for variant, I went with the one on page 120, and that's the Gabrielle Del Otto cover. And it looks awesome. It looks like, you know, one of those nerdy painting things. Oh, you know? man, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a it's more so lifelike style. Yeah. yeah, it looks great. Dude, it does look good. I don't know how I missed that one. I well, I love the zombie turtles so much. I picked page one fourteen. This is the the zombie turtles. Sophie Campbell done this cover. 
That's what I was telling you about. Sophie Campbell's probably my second favorite turtle artist. Yeah. Why not? And I, I love the 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 undead turtles. Uh, Leah with one. the front looks so creepy. Anyway, yeah. uh, Josh, <laughs> what's your period? Uh, uh, my runner-up was the one you picked, Jamie. Uh, but I ended up going uh, go one page over from where Sam's at to page one fifteen, and I had to go with the Clayton Crane. Clayton Crane, shredder. that was my backup. Yeah, uh, I, I flipped back and forth between those two for a while, and I was like, man, it's like we've got an award named after Clayton Crane, so we got to go with it. I, I started. Pick- go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say I, I love that he kind of looks like he's got you know symbiote tendrils hanging off of him. I'm like, it's it's Shredder venomized. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what were you saying, Sam? I said I almost picked this one, but I didn't pick it because his uh, hand claw things were so long. I was just normal. gonna say how cool they were. They were they're not just little spikes. <laughs> Those things are huge. Well, they're These normally not that big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah, and if you even look in the background, I see the turtles flying around. Some of the, the uh, that ninja right by, I think Donatello there, that looks like Venom or something. The face yeah. with the big eye and stuff. Yeah. Very. Well, I see. I think that's that's going on above him because I don't think that's in hell. I think it's the real turtles still in the city. Kind of looks like uh, Super Shredder from yeah, uh, Secret. Like Super Shredder. Yeah, Turtles Two: The Secret of the Ooze or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Sam, who's your best character? So I went, I picked Splinter. I really wanted to pick Schrader because I loved his struggle he was having. But I picked Splinter because he was wanted to be such a good friend to uh, to, to Schrader and all the stuff he was going through, trying to help his friend that lost his way. He was trying to help him find his way back, and I, I just loved that dynamic between the two. So Splinter Yoshi. Uh, well, I went with the obvious. I went with Shredder or Aruku Saki. Uh, I just seeing him go back and forth and, and finding out maybe not necessarily he was the worst guy in the world. He's just got a bad soul. <laughs> He's yeah. infested by a dragon god. It's not necessarily his fault. And watching his him fault. try to deal with that, uh, I thought it was, it was, yeah, it was a fun ride for him. Yeah, I'm going with Splinter as well. He's just. And this is, I mean, Splinter went down some dark paths before this point. This is, this yep. is kind of a character recovery for him as well. Yep. Um, and he's just, just a good dude. Yeah, just the, the links he went through to help his friend. I, I just, yeah. Yeah, he gave up Nirvana to come back and help give him a second chance. Yep. No, they're both right answers, though. I like them both. I had them both wrote down. <laughs> it's really bad of me, but every time I re- every time I hear the word Nirvana, what pops my like, Teen Spirits was playing in my head. It's not it's not the right thing. It's not what yeah. I'm supposed to think. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Josh, what's your base panel? All right, we're going to go over towards the end of the run here. It's uh, page 108. It's when Shredder is now back in the real world, but he's Fire Shredder and he's got dragon wings. So yeah. That, is that, cool. that, again, confused me because I thought he was on a redemption arc and becoming a good guy, and then we see him, and he's obviously a dragon god now, and he's evil again. So, But I just thought that was cool with all the flames and stuff. That was a good one. And uh, mine has the dragon in it as well, but mine is on page 47, and it's the top panel. It's like about half the page, and it's the, the tree, for some reason, is upside down now, and he's sort of crawling down out of it towards Shredder. Uh, the Dragon God is. It yeah. just looks awesome. Well, I wrote down 
mine, by flat right page it is on, so I go with my backup since I wrote didn't write down the one I really wanted for some reason. So <laughs> we're going to page I really I had one picked out that I really wanted to say. I wrote down what panel is, but I forgot about the page. But anyway, so the one I do have the page for is page seven, panel four, and that's the uh, first time you see Shredder. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a dynamic pose and looking evil as always. Yeah. And the woods, I mean, the forest and all that stuff around him. Yeah. But, but there are no bad panels. I mean, no, there's really not. Uh, there, there is the one, the one, you know, Great Pyrenees sized splinter for a second there, but <laughs> I must have blocked it from my memory. I don't remember that one. I'll screenshot it later and send it to you. Okay. Um, so my best dialogue, I'm not going to read it all because it's I picked about four pages, but it's the um, some pages 63 through 66, and it's when they're sort of unpacking for us a little bit what's different about Rokusaki, and it's when he. It's when Takeshi realizes that what is what is bit different and why they split it off and why Oroku's different is because he and Kitsune actually have a love relationship. And he mm. he's not just a tool anymore, a means to her end. And I just the way that played out, the way it was explained, I thought I thought went really well. We could have used more of that, but No, yeah, that, that that's a good one. And I done something different for mine. And I went with what I mean, it was a it was a deep story, so I wanted something a little lighthearted, something I thought was funny. And it's the first time when you meet the turtles, and they was given the uh, shredder crap. It was funny talking about he was lacking technique but effective. Guy doesn't that look like that rat look familiar to you? And then the Raphael goes surprised, Oroku sucky. I just thought that was funny, it made me laugh. <laughs> well, I. Kind of did what you did, Sam, because I couldn't. There's so much dialogue in this, but it's it's big long conversations. There's, yeah. It was really hard to find just a couple of back and forths that were either really meaningful or, or witty or whatever. So I kind of I took the easy way out and just I put the panels the turtles were in. The turtles yeah. were fun. I mean, even they yeah. really shouldn't be there, but they uh, yeah, yeah. It, it added some levity to it. So there's I mean, actually some really good callbacks on that page too, because uh, when Shredder died, um, yeah splinter top off his head and but one of the things that uh, earlier in the series that shredder had said to the turtles it was time for them to, to know they're better and so all of that page is them yeah. harassing him coming back in with things that he has said to them or things that have happened yeah. to them so like you know come know you're better yeah better at losing your head uh, <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah it's all it's all teenage comebacks yeah. you know but but the really specific callbacks so yeah it's good uh all right, so the next one is best full page spread. Uh, Sam, there was a lot of good options here. There really was so many good options on this one. And I picked page 15, and it's Shredder in the tree. It's the first time you see the tree of life. Bingo. Just love yeah, that thing, really man. Good. And it's, it's even got a little sprinter, a splinter and Shredder standing at the foot of it. It's just amazing. Yeah, that's the same one I had, Sam, because I, I, I like the color because it does. It it looks very dreamlike. You know, he's yeah. supposed to be in the dream world. And I like the opening. I guess the tree's in a building and you can see, you know, space up above it yeah. with the stars and stuff. It just, yeah, very, very mystical and supernaturally. Uh, well, mine is something I don't understand at all, but it's on page 23. It's the one where y'all's dialogues were from. The yeah. undead turtles <laughs> look amazing. I don't I know why they're there. I don't think they should be there, yeah. but they look awesome. I told yeah. somebody to pick a turtle one. I wanted to so bad. 
I mean, look how creepy Marky Smile yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's still, cl- still clearly is Marky, but man, that is the creepiest Marky. <laughs> they all got like real long claws on their feet and fingers and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And uh, Santa Luca was so good at doing like foreshortening and like, you know, changing the angle and stuff to like heighten things. Because look, the, the mountain behind them, like it kind of twi- kind of, you know, the perspective changes faster than it should have. And it kind of makes it even creepier looking, just the mm-hmm. way the background is set up. That's a really good one. Yeah, it's great. Um, once again, it's Santa Luco. Everything's good. Um, I, I made sure I had three options in case you all picked, because I was I know I was going third. <laughs> it's like I better have three options because it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, our last award is the best mystical thing. Uh, so Josh, tell us what what you picked and why we all picked the exact same thing. I probably picked something different. Uh, okay. I think I may have went off the wall on this one. Uh, I went with uh, that. Kitsune was able, her hand was being guided by the dragon god on what was going on with hell. So she was actually painting what was happening as Shredder was fighting the dragon god. She was actually painting that, and it was like coming off the page. And I just thought that was a really cool way to for her to see what was going on in hell or to interact with uh, Shredder in hell. So, all right. Well, that was really smart and thoughtful. Um, I went a different direction. Um, I went with the eyeball monster on pages 52 through 54. <laughs> the gloopy craziness that eyeballs and tentacles everywhere. It's not deep. It's not thoughtful. It probably doesn't even make sense. It just looks awesome. It does look awesome. Yeah. Especially by um, page 53 when it's sort of opened up like some bizarre Venus flytrap with a million eyes and tentacles and has that, what, six rows of teeth inside and it's got this crazy series yeah. of tongues that's wrapped up straighter and it's pulling it inside it's crazy kind of looks like he's in the little shop of horrors there yeah so, crab pinchers yeah <laughs> there's, there's a lot so of stuff going, going on. on there yeah and then you can kind of see in the background you can see like where it's glooped together you can see like hands reaching out of the gloop from some of there's the people there's a couple of faces absorbed. on the top right there's some yeah. Yeah. There. yeah top right and left oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's that's really creepy. That's a really good one. All right, Sam, what's your best mystical thing? All right, so my best mystical thing is we all three put something different, and I, I it's with Kitsune, and it's when she's bringing Shredder back to life, and I enjoyed seeing her. I don't say enjoy, but I like that she was willing to sacrifice her sister to bring him back, and when she brings him back, he had already joined with the Dragon God, so he comes back as this flaming Ghost Rider kind of looking guy. But it was I thought it was really cool seeing all that how she brought him back. I'm surprised you thought that was cool because I think that she was supposed to sacrifice something of her own and instead she, she killed was. her sister. Yeah, I, she I thought that her. was pretty treacherous, actually. No, it is treacherous, and that's what she is, that's what she does. She's a devious uh entity, I guess, whatever. But I, I didn't like that she killed her sister. I, I like that what she was willing to do anything to yeah. get him back. That's that that was what I liked. And it was the mystical thing how she brought him back and then all the work she'd been doing through the whole thing. You see bits and pieces, like Josh said, of her drawing the paint and she was getting ready for the ritual. And then when he does come back, he's like, he's all flaming with wings and stuff like that. That's, that's pretty interesting. Is that what he looks like in the later issues when you get to see him again? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have a head. Oh, yeah. just, I thought that body laying there, the indestructible body she had for him, didn't. It looked a little short, like it was yeah, missing yeah. head. Okay. Yeah. Um. When uh, when <laughs> when Splinter 
executes Shredder. He takes the head and puts it in like a, this like hall thing for, for to, to remember him. Um, it was a kind of a, a memorial situation, but I think if I remember, Cry had stolen his body. I think it was Cry, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah. I forget. The, different people, <laughs> different people had different parts of the Shredder. Yeah. And so Kisuna ends up with the body, but she can't get the head back. And so when he comes back as the Dragon God, he just has this big flaming head. No. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I thought we were all going to pick that the eyeball gloop monster. I really thought that was going to happen. Well, sorry to disappoint. You all had to go and try and be thoughtful and look for meaningful stuff. And I'm just like, look at the eyeball monster. <laughs> <laughs> it should make the, the weirdest creature. Uh, I, I just thought we were all going to... Anyway, um, you want to cast this thing? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I worked really hard. I really uh, still failed. Uh, anyway... Um, all right, so the first one out of the gate is, of course, Rokusaki the Shredder, and I'm going with. Um, I picked him because I remembered a character he played. I didn't know this actor's name. Uh, it's Tony Chow Wai Leung. Lung Leung. I don't know. Uh, he played the mustache samurai in Hero. The Jet Li okay. movie. Remember there was the, the oh, couple. Yeah. There was the okay. Yeah, yeah. there I've was the, the, TV the girl. Show hero. Yeah. No, no, no. The Jet Li movie. Remember, there's the the, the two he goes to fight that are there was a couple, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's the guy, the member of that couple. Yeah, I know talking about. All right, so that is a good one, and I went with somebody that I thought could convey all the emotion that Shredder went through in this story, all, all the turmoil he was having, and I wanted Ken Watana. How do you say his name? Ken. Watanabe. Watanabe, yeah. I wanted him to be straighter in this one. It's probably a time machine pick at this point. He's getting older, but... Eh, he still pulls it off. Yeah. I, have to, no, I, 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 can, I, I considered him. It's just because of his age, I didn't go with him. He don't look that old, so... You I have I, feel I, a lot heavier. Anyway. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, I, I, I was trying to stay age appropriate too for what I thought they were drawing on as and uh, I went with Brian T. I think he's in his mid to late forties. Uh you'll know him. He was in uh the Wolverine. Uh, oh yeah. He was Who's the he bad that? guy. He was the the punk guy that was trying to uh he a politician or something. Yeah. He throws nope. him out of the building. Nope. You can't pick him. Why? Because he played the Shredder in the new Turtle movies. Did he? He did. did. He? Yeah, oh. you picked the guy they cast as the Shredder. So, so that's the right answer. You. I win. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. Right. <laughs> well, you're the only one that thought that, but that's not how our rules work. Oh, well. Well, swing and a miss. <laughs> I'm so claiming ignorance on that. I don't have a backup pick either. That was the only, he was the only one I had. So. Well, clearly it's a good answer. Yeah, I guess. All right, and he well. was a good Shredder. I've seen both those movies. He's a good Shredder. I, I haven't watched those. The the first one especially is better than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Second the second one, you know, is a little bit of you know, quality descends a little bit, but not as much as the original one to Secret of the Use. Yeah. They did go a little more kitty in the second one. Yeah. All right. Splinter, Sam, who you got? So I thought I was being really clever with this and then while we was talking, I decided to Google a guy done. He's an older gentleman too. I didn't realize how old he was neither. 
So both both my guys I picked for the main leads are old. So I went with Donnie Yen. I think he'd have been a great Yoshi. He's got a very young face, though. Yeah, he's 57. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in. Um, oh, he, he's young looking. Um, yeah. That's who, I, that's who I cast, too. Yeah. I really like Donnie Yen for Splinter. I want to age the way Donnie Yen is aging. Yeah. Well, maybe you can save some fuel on the time machine, Sam, and just go back to, like, 2002 and get them both. Yeah, at the I think same that's what time. I'll do. I'll speak them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just truth. bring them both back at the same time. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, I, I I tried to stay somebody similar age to Brian T, who apparently I can't pick now. Uh, but I went with uh, Will Yoon Lee. You also know him from The Wolverine. He was the uh, ninja guy with the bow. Yeah. The, the, yeah. 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 That's a good one. Not bad. Not bad. Um, all right, Josh. Yeah, we got. Yeah, that. I think we're winning that one, thing. Yeah, um, uh, Josh, who is your kitsune? Uh, I'm going with Karen Fukuhara. You'll know Was her she? from The Boys. Wolverine. No. No. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, I know you're talking about the the silent from girl. The Boys. She was yeah. in uh, Suicide Squad. She was uh, what's her name? Katana. Katana. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw her in The Boys, she she's that's a complex character she's playing there. Uh, yeah. So she's. She was really pulling out some acting chops, and I think she'd be good at that. Not bad. Um, well, I'm going with Maggie Chung, or Chung. I'm not sure. There's, when you throw that, when you throw the E in, there, I'm not sure what to do with it. Uh, she also was in Hero, and she was the female member of that pairing. And yeah. so I'm reuniting them again. Um, <laughs> Are you doing a theme pick? No, okay. I could. I, I have so far. Because Donnie Yen is in Hero as well. So far, I'm doing a theme <laughs> yes. pick, but I don't. I don't stick to it. Yeah, that's, I, I may have borrowed a couple from the Wolverine, so I'm not going to point any fingers at you. <laughs> I love that right. movie, man. Hero's so good. All right, Sam, who's your kids today? All right, so I've got two wrote down, and what I want to do is I want to use my first one. And I'm really not sure how you say your name. It's a lot of Z's in there. Zhang. Zhang. Yeah. Yeah. Or Zhang Z or whatever. She's Jin Yu from Crouching Tiger. Yeah, and she was in Hero as well. Yeah, I I, I think she she kind of <laughs> she, she kind of looks the part, and I think she's uh would be really good at it. Yeah, no, I I, I thought really hard about her for that yeah. one. Might as well your hero cast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next is <laughs> Takeshi Tetsuo, and this is where the hero theme pick broke down. <laughs> I couldn't find anybody for Takeshi. <laughs> so I'm. So I'm going with Daniel Wu, and I know him from Into the Badlands. And the name's very familiar. He's really good. I mean, it's kind of a really, on that show, it's really kind of, you know, over-the-top stylized acting kind of thing. It's not very naturalistic act, acting, but he's really good at the martial arts. Um, he kind of, he's got a real sort of good physical presence for Takeshi, and... uh like in the later seasons, he grows some facial hair, and it kind of looked like him even more once he had the facial hair. No, I can see it. That's yeah. not bad. All right, Sam, who's your Takeshi? Uh, I went with a well-known and famous guy that I use all the time. It's that Haruki Sonata guy from The Wolverine, The Last Samurai. I just I think he should be in everything. He plays a bad guy. He's really good at that. Yeah. I also picked him. 
Because when you need a dude to hold a sword and be super intimidating, that's the guy that's the you guy. go to. He yeah. was in The Last Samurai. I mean, he was, yeah. In The Wolverine when he was fighting? Yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, that's like. I yeah, wanted to pick him for Shredder, but I think I did that before when we done we both the did uh, Secret time. History. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we both did. I was like, I'm putting him in there somewhere because I like him as an actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why he wasn't my Shredder again. It's like, well, I'll go with the, the original version. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he he just brings an intensity that I thought Takeshi, especially in this story, needed because that dude was all about the Dragon God and yeah, trying to take over, wanting to make it happen. <laughs> Good. Good job, guys. I think you stole that one. <laughs> we did. We took that one. All right. Well, next is Tang Shin. And Sam, who do you have for Tang Shin? All right. So uh, it's Koyuki. I think that's how your name is. K-O-Y-U-K-I. It's only one name. That's all she's got. She's like Share. But she's from The Last Samurai. She played Taki in The Last Samurai. She was the, the wife of the samurai that Tom Cruise killed when he stayed with. She does have a last name. It's Kato. Ask oh. me how I know. I don't know. Well. Oh well, go- well, Google didn't give her a name when I went through and was looking through it. Uh, she doesn't I, have it on the on IMDb. She doesn't have a last name either. She, uh, Google yeah. didn't give her a last name. Oh, well, she does. I found it. All right. So, me and Josh won that one. Uh, well, hold on. I've got a good pick. Um, I was Same gonna advice. go with Ji Zhang, but the last second, I changed mine to Rinko Kikuchi, and she played Mako Mori in uh, Pacific Rim. Thinking about that one. Yeah. The first Pacific Rim, right? Yeah. 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 She was, uh, she played Idris Elba's adopted daughter. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she gets into Gypsy Danger with uh, Charlie Hunnam there. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking her up right now. And you can be in the minority and be right. And I am. So let's go ahead and move on. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. You got outvoted. We're going we're gonna to take that one. One plus the truth is always the majority. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we don't vote on the law of gravity. Uh, anyhow. Anyhow. All right. So we're casting a voice uh, actor probably for the Dragon God, our last one. So, Josh, who did you cast for the Dragon God? All right. Uh, it's a guy I cast a lot. He's getting a little bit older now, and I didn't want a time machine for a live-action role, so I'm putting him in a voice role, Ken Watanabe. <laughs> That's not bad. He does have a pretty iconic voice. Yeah. Uh, All right. I wanted a really intimidating voice here. That was not that was not so much like, Watanabe's a great actor. I wanted an intimidating voice. So I went with the Kurgan himself, Clancy Brown. That's a really good one. Yeah. I, because I've actually had him wrote down two. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, we'll claim we on that one, too. I, I have Vin Diesel as a back, backup. Like, Vin Diesel might be pretty good at that. He's got a very deep, intimidating voice, too, when he wants to. But I think Clancy Brown's the right answer. Yeah. Clancy Brown, I mean, if, there, if we were going to voice evil, just the concept of evil and give it a voice, it would probably have to be Clancy Brown. I mean, yeah. he just does it so well. The right. We win. Uh, I think for the week, I'm willing to admit that Sam got the win on that one. Just overall. Overall, yeah. I think, I think Josh, I think we did better than we expected to, but I think Sam gets the win on that one. 
if he has access to the time machine. If I don't take those keys and throw them over the hillside, he can't go back and get his as age appropriate. Well, you're you're disqualified for casting a guy who actually played the Shredder. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. I did not do the <laughs> proper amount of research. I may have done this cast in like 20 minutes. So, <laughs> lack of preparation, I shot myself in the foot. So, full responsibility on that one. Right. Well, anyway, um, let's see if you can do a better job next week because we're doing you, one of your picks. Right. So next week we will be reviewing Captain America Winter Soldier Volume 1. Uh, staying in the Marvel realm, this is a Daredevil pick. Uh, I've watched the film, uh, the MCU, so I'm curious to see how much they borrowed from this for the film, if it's related at all. Uh, if not, hopefully it's just a good Captain America story. So we'll see. Uh and here's the summary, according to Comixology. Cap is awakened in the dead of the night by agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who need the kind of help only he can provide. But the corpse he finds on the helicarrier brings him face to face with an unthinkable return and opens doors to terror and manipulation he never dreamed possible. I like it. Have either of you read this before? No. Okay. And having reading this, read this summary, I feel like it's probably not related to the MCU at all. <laughs> nope. Uh, we'll see. Did you? Did you? Did the writer have any, or the artist? Did the creative team have any impact on you choosing this, or is it just the connection to the movies? Uh, mostly for the movie. We've done a couple of Ed Brubaker stuff, and I like him. Uh, so that's why I say even in, if it's not related to the film at all, uh, should still be a good story. That's, that's where I was hoping if it fails that part of it, the MCU part, it'll still be a Ed Brubaker story and it'll be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, also Michael Lark is on there from one of our favorites, Josh Lazarus. He does some of the art. Ooh, does he? Yeah. All right. Well, that'd be good. Yeah. And it looks it too. <laughs> you know, does when it's, it, when it's I, a Michael Lark page. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even opened this thing yet, so we'll see. Um, Leaving it completely empty till we get ready. Well, spoilers for next time, but I've read pretty deep into the Brubaker run on Captain America. And mm, that's a good uh, there might have been a small fist bump when I saw you put this on the schedule. So. <laughs> cool. Well, all right. Uh, well, until next time, uh, I think we need to uh, be done with this one so we can move on to Captain America. Salute. Good night. See ya. Goodbye, Belgium. Thank <laughs> you.